Hello everyone, nice to see you back in another episode of CLP Classroom. Well, I actually had a look at the recent July professional practice paper. And the first question in the ethics part A is about qualified person and authorized person. And why not? Let's just do an episode on about this. Who is actually a qualified person? And who is actually an authorized person? Now, whenever you talk about qualified person or whenever the questions ask about qualified person, the first thing that you always start with, you always want to mention is Section 3 of your Legal Profession Act. So Section 3 of your Legal Profession Act define what is a qualified person. How can someone be a qualified person? So you see there some requirements stated there that you graduated from UM, University of Singapore, a barrister at law or possession of such qualification gazetted. Now, if you are a CRP student listening to this, are you a qualified person? The answer is no. You are only a qualified person once you pass and completed your CLP exam. Same thing goes to a bar student. Are you a qualified person? The answer again is no. You are only a qualified person once you completed and passed your bar exam. So if you are studying in the UM, University of Singapore, etc., once you completed that four years degree, you are, of course, a qualified person. If you do your law degree in one of the local U, UUM, UITM, etc., once again, you completed four years degree, you are a qualified person. Now, if you do UOL, UKT, you are only a qualified person once you completed and passed either your bar exam or your CRP exam. Now, same thing again goes to MMU students. If you completed that four years, you are automatically a qualified person. So in exam purpose, exam-wise, if you see questions that touch on that somehow this person graduated from some sort of university, if that university sounds dodgy to you, it stays from South America, Northern America, then most likely it is a degree that is not recognized in Malaysia and he or she is not a qualified person. So normally, if you graduated from, let's say, UK, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, these sort of Commonwealth countries, um, they, is, they are lists that were um, accredited by your legal profession brought that actually that you can actually sit for your CRP exam. So until and unless they completed and passed their CRP exam, they are then only a qualified person. Otherwise, they are not. They are just a normal student. So next thing is how can you be an authorized person. So, are you an authorized person once you have completed your CRP exam? Again, the answer is no. First, you need to be admitted pursuant to Section 11. Um, in Section 11 of your Legal Profession Act, it stated you need to be at least 18 years and above, you have good character, and you have completed your pupillage of nine months. So, once you've done all that and completed pursuant to the requirements stated in Section 11, you need to petition to be admitted as an advocate and solicitor. So the first thing first is you need to apply for an SAPC. So often you see this SAPC, again, I think I mentioned about this, you see them stated together, there are actually two different things, sigil annual practicing certificate. Technically speaking, you need to apply for your sigil annual first and then only you will get a practicing certificate. But in in reality, in practical, we always apply them together. So you 
you must be attached to a firm. Then once you apply your practicing certificate and you got that practicing certificate, you are then an authorized person. So to be an authorized person, first, you must be a qualified person. After you are a qualified person, you must uh, satisfy requirement section 11th. You must be 18 years and above. You have good character. You have completed privilege. And then you must be attached to a firm and you have actually applied your practicing certificate. Once you got a practicing certificate and once your name is on the roll, you are then an authorized person. Now, technically speaking, if you are not practicing, meaning you are not attaching to any firm, yet you pass your CRP exam whatsoever, it's just that currently maybe you are doing something else, you are travelling, you are doing some other jobs or you, know, you are in a different industry. Let's say you are an in-house lawyer, meaning you are not an authorised person. And if that's the thing, technically speaking, you cannot be calling yourself a lawyer. You know, a lawyer is quite different from other professions such as doctor or pharmacist. Once you're a doctor, even if you are not practicing, even if you don't have your own clinic or etc., you can still call yourself a doctor. Even if you're not working in a pharmacy, you can still call yourself a pharmacist. But as a lawyer, they have very strict rules to protect the profession. So technically speaking, if you are not practicing, meaning if you are not attaching to any firm, let's say you are an in-house lawyer, Technically speaking, you cannot be calling yourself lawyer. So sometimes they call themselves legal executive, paralegal, and etc. So is there any other way you can be an authorized person without chambering, pupillage, or let's say this person doesn't satisfy Section 3 qualified person? Is there any other way that this person can still practice or work as a lawyer in Malaysia? Yes, there are ways if you look at section 18 and section 28A. So let's just talk about section 28A first. Section 28A, it's a special qualification. It's a special requirement so that you can be admitted to be practiced in Malaysia by the Attorney General. Section 18 will be something that you see more often. It's something that we call ad hoc admission. So you still can be admitted to practice in Malaysia to work as a lawyer pursuant to these two, Section 18 and Section 28A. Section 28A, you need uh, approval by the AG. On Section 18, you need approval by the Court of Malaysia. So when you apply to it, the court will send some notice to Bar Council. So it's up to them whether they want to um, reject or it's up to them whether they want to um, approve whatever application that you meet. Now, the most common, um, one of the examples that I can give you with regard to this is if you have read the Najib case recently with regards to his money laundering cases, in the final federal court case, um, our ex-Prime Minister tried to admit Jonathan Laidlaw. He is a UK Queen's Counsel to work as his lawyer in the final federal court submission. So they submitted an application pursuant to Section 18, but it was then turned down by the court. The reason being, being given is this. To be admitted pursuant to be under Section 18 or Section 28A under this so-called special admission where you may not be a qualified person and you doesn't satisfy all the requirements to be an authorised person, you must have some sort of special qualification. And this sort of special qualification means 
you have some sort of knowledge, some sort of skills that are not available in the local legal industry. So let's say you are someone that do conveyancing commercial contract law in the UK and you want to be admitted pursuant to section 18 and 28A, most likely you'll be turned down. You won't be admitted because there are tons and plenties of lawyers that can do you know, conveyancing or commercial contract in Malaysia. But if you have some sort of special skills and knowledge, let's say, it's, oh, you have graduated from this university with certain you know, ranking and you wrote so many articles, you published so many things, you gave so many speech and you are specialized in some sort of uh, border law, maritime border law, uh, inter-transnational banking industry law, these sort of areas that we are lacking in the local industry, then maybe the court or the AG would look at it differently and say, well, fine, just let admit this so that this person can somehow help out with our local legal industry. So that's the requirement that you need to look at before you can actually admit someone that doesn't satisfy Section 3 or authorized person under Section 18 or Section 28A. Hopefully, I have clarify this sort of confusion because sometimes you'll find students still confused who is actually a qualified person and who is actually an authorized person. So in conclusion, in summary, once you have completed your bar or your CRP exam or either you have completed four years in other universities, you are a qualified person. But you are not an authorized person yet until and when you have completed your pupillage and you have applied for a CGO annual, you have applied for a practicing certificate, you are practicing and you are attached to a law firm in Malaysia, then you can call yourself an authorized person, you can call yourself a lawyer, your name is on the roll, then you can present your case in the court. So I think that short summary will give you an overview who is actually a qualified person and authorized person. Well guys, then I'll see you in the next episode.